0: You know the content fuels your business, and as customer journeys transition from physical to digital touchpoints, content is now more important, valuable, deployable, and measurable than ever. Knowing how to create impactful content is one thing, but doing it at scale across your enterprise is another. That's where content governance comes into play. With the Content Governance Playbook by AcroLynx, we'll explore the discipline of content governance, a systematic approach to achieve and maintain your company's content strategy and measuring its success. Download it free right now at thetilt.com acro2. That's www.thetilt.com A-C-R-O and the number two. Do you podcast and need high quality audio? but maybe haven't found that recording solution that really works for you, if you will, give Riverside.fm a try. Riverside is made for anyone who would like to record quality audio and or video from anywhere. I've used it hundreds of times, and I love how it records to the cloud and to my hard drive for you and your guest, and I don't have to fiddle around with the audio afterward. And because you listen to this old marketing, just go to Riverside.fm and use code JOE30, J-O-E-30, for a 30% discount off any Riverside membership plan. 30, baby. Give it a try today.
1: And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. hello my friends, this is Robert Rose. Welcome to episode number 355 of This Old Marketing for December 22nd, 2022. Almost Santa time. And with me as always, my good friend, my colleague, and I think probably the only guy not being considered for the role of replacement CEO at Twitter, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays.
0: Happy Hanukkah. Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that I it's, I saw a couple people on my free feed that are not overly famous that actually got DM responses from
1: Elon Musk. I I saw that as what? well. I saw that as well, and and I have to tell you, I was a little surprised at that. I mean, I don't know that I should be surprised, <laughs> given everything else in the world with Elon Musk, but
0: Well I guess we yeah. don't want to steal the thunder because we you know we have a special section of the show now that we talk about this stuff. So I don't know if That's we should right. get into right. it at oh, this no, point. No. But I guess my question no, no, no. Do you have yeah. big holiday plans? Are you doing anything? Are you going anywhere?
1: No. We we'll 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 go up to our place in Montecito, uh, which uh Santa Barbara for those of you who um Want a broader set of geography, um, and we'll spend the week up there. It's uh, we've I've talked about it on the show before. We've been go there all the time, but it's a great place to just get away from everything for the next week. And the hope is to do not a lot of anything. Quite honestly, it's to step away from screens and sit and drink wine and eat food and have family and marry, marry and just take a break uh so yeah i i guess that's doing something but it's not a lot of anything important Good. how about you you get you're you're traveling a little bit yeah uh
0: w- no um well i did some travel to bring in family from outside oh, the that's state. right so i've done that's a little right. bit of that that's but right. it's to be honest it's really crazy right now because i have part of my family the weather uh yeah. is is be quarantining their selves because they got covid so I've got oh, no. some of that going on. And then the other thing that's happening here, as we speak, there's this big cold front coming in here yeah. over, you know, the, over the Midwest the and the Northeast.
1: The cyclone. Oh, my gosh. It's
0: crazy. But, I mean, the temperature is going to be, you know, towards zero. Uh, so and that's that's negative many Celsius if you're in, uh, <laughs> in exactly. Europe. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, so, so that's going to be a thing. Like we're even talking. We're supposed to go to the Browns game on Saturday, and we're like, "Do I really want to be
1: in that kind of weather when it's yeah. a meaningless game?" Yeah. But but to, to answer your question, is it, is it meaningless? Are are you you're not mathematically yeah? There's a there's argued.
0: a point eight percent chance or something oh, like that that right. we yeah. will make it. So that's that's no chance at all. But right, uh, right. I no, I want to go to the game. I, I'd love to. You know, the last game I was surprised the way they played and i'd like to see it again especially the defense but um i don't know if i want to stand out there i'm a
1: cold baby you know i'm a
0: cold baby i can't take.
1: oh no right you you're you're sensitive to that right you i mean and i don't mean like emotionally sensitive i mean (laughs) medically sensitive to that kind of thing right you take off your gloves and you're you know that it's it's a it's a challenge for well you. it is
0: so the last game we went to it was about free so whatever 32 35 degrees it wasn't so bad but my wife got me this wonderful you know the 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 thing the quarterbacks use to keep their hands warm it's like a pouch right like a fanny yeah. pack. i have yeah. one of yeah. those that has a battery hooked up to it and keeps it really really warm so i stick my hands in there like a kangaroo and it's wonderful So I, I've been taking this everywhere with me and people look, you know, I get strange looks, but it's, it's definitely worth keeping the, (laughs) the warm fanny pack with me at all times (laughs) to answer your question about the holidays. Everything's up in the air right now because we have family that might not come in because of the coldness, you know, the ones with small kids. And so, so honestly, right now, I don't even know what's going on and which, you know, what? How we're going to celebrate? So it's it's you know, it's an open playbook. Everybody. At this
1: point. It seems like ninety percent of the people that I know in the last two weeks have either gotten the flu, gotten COVID, gotten RSV. Basically, anybody with kids is sick right now. It seems like it's 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 crazy the amount of flu and sickness that's going around right now. Those kids. See, that's yeah, why you don't kids. want kids, little mouth they breeders. Just, yeah, they just <laughs> pick things off the floor. They lick the floor. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, though, if you want a healthy uh, household, really, that that's where you just let your kids do whatever because you you do build up immunity. Long, oh sure, it's really really
1: good. Yeah, my mom, ha- I mean, my mom encouraged us to do things like eat dirt and all that stuff when I was a kid. It was. We were encouraged to get dirty because – and she was a nurse, um, and she said it's the best way to – for this I don't know if this is medically true or not, but but this was my mom speaking. She would say it's the best way to build up immunity is to sort of go, go, go get dirty. And uh, so every time we'd go play in the mud or go eat dirt or whatever, she'd be like, okay, that's good. <laughs> Clean up now, hose you hose you off before you come in. But good. Well, and it worked for you because here you are in retirement age, still going strong. There we go. All right. Well done. Well played. Thank you very much.
0: No, no, no. It's all it's all good. So, and anyway, I know
1: it's all good. I
0: know you don't have to it's tell all good me it's all good that you're old. Well, you'll always be older than I am. Well, you know I'm struggling with this. You've seen me post this stuff. You know I'm I'm coming in I'm coming in really quickly to my fiftieth birthday. And I'm trying to figure yes, out I how to overanalyze the situation as much as possible. Yes, and I'm doing a really good job of it. At least my wife thinks so.
1: Well, you do a good job of overanalyzing most things, but this—I'm sure that this is—is—is is, is high on the list. Don't overthink it. Uh, just really don't. I mean, it's fifty for me was quite joyous. Actually, I found it. I found it very freeing for some reason i don't know why but 55 was more difficult for me than 50 because 55 is is rounding up to i don't 60. know i don't yeah i don't know why i it felt it felt it felt it felt like i was crossing some line at that point 55 was like oh okay now i'm i'm closer to 60 but i was closer to 60 than you know when i was 50 50 i mean i've always been closer to 60 every every time but. You know, it's, it's, uh, I think 60 will be hard for me, but, but, but 50 was not 50 was not hard. Cause I felt, look, I still, I still feel really young. I, I feel good. You know, my, my health is good. And aside from a few, <laughs> there's that great scene in, uh, uh, what is it? It's it's uh, city slickers. When he goes and visits the class, <laughs> and he said, you know, in your forties, you'll develop a thing that you really don't know what it is. In fifty five, and when you hit your fifties, you'll start having aches and pains where you never had aches and pains. When you hit your sixties, hair starts growing from places <laughs> you never thought possible.
0: It's like <laughs> that's a great scene. Such too. a great.
1: It's a great scene. That is
0: great. Yeah. Actually, it's my uh, my wife would agree with you. She thought that forty five was the tougher age for her than hitting fifty. She's the 50s, no big deal. So she's yeah. concerned about 55. So I'll have her call yeah. you. Okay. So get, get a little, you know, <coughs> give her a coaching session on how that works. But the, the bigger problem I have is, as we run into the, the new year, is I, where a lot of people like, I love your attitude. You're taking time off. You're spending time <sighs> with your family. You, you're resting, looking forward to the new year. I sit in angst over what I should be <laughs> doing starting January 1st. I, I, I have 17 notebooks around me right now at my goals and what I need to stop doing and start doing. It's just really, I don't know. I, I don't know why I do this to myself. I just do. This
1: is the time of year for that. This is the time of year I always do it. Do you have a set process that you'd use? I do. I actually do. Yeah, I have a set process from, uh, I don't start it till after Christmas and i use the time the usually it's a week um you know a a a week day week is what i mean by that i know it's always you know <laughs> i know it's always days about a week between christmas and new years but um it's usually weekdays and it's a nice time off and away from work that i can sit i can journal i can think about what i want to stop what i want to start where i want to be at the end of the coming year and Write all those things out, and what I usually do, and I, I saw your post on this actually about how you write it out, and and I and I love the way you write it out in a, in a, in the present, present tense, yeah. right? Yeah, which is which is really important. I do the same thing. I write it out in the present tense, and I write it out as you know I am right. You know I am doing this. I am doing that. So it's moving yourself into that future, and I kind of write it as my. A, a, like a letter to myself like I write it like I'm, I'm writing to my past self my, my future self is writing a letter to my past self and I write it in a journal and I've been doing it for I don't know 15 years 20 years and then do you review and I that keep it uh, in the same book you And you review I have it an, so, on yeah, a I an,
0: daily basis regular basis what no. do you do
1: I review it probably once or twice a year I always review it at this time of year I review what I what you did, did for the last year but I don't yeah. I don't review it monthly or during the year mostly because i keep it pretty simple in other words i don't i don't there's not 22 things on that list there's like four on that list and so they are my big rocks basically for the year and everything else becomes medium size or little rocks for that so i i pretty much know them i don't need to review it but uh but i but occasionally like on my birthday which is mid-year i'll I'll do that I
0: have to review on
1: a regular basis so that I that I wake up. Do it. Is it because you have a lot, or just because you want to review it and sort of I, remember?
0: Yes. Uh, well, no. I have got about six or so. Uh, I mean, I yeah. I aspire. I posted this today. You know, Warren Buffett's twenty-five-five strategy. Yep. He yep. post twenty-five yep. things you want to accomplish. Circle the five and only focus on the five. But I yep. separate mine into different categories. So I mean, I have mine in front of me right now. I have a career, wealth. Goals. I have family goals, spiritual goals, physical goals, uh, mental goals, and then giving philanthropic goals. And I have one I do the or same two yep. uh, specific ones that are that, that I can actually measure. And what I believe is the best way to do it is you review it before you go to sleep at night, and then you review it in the morning because if you. If you go to sleep at night and you review these things, it really works in your subconscious while you sleep. And you wake oh, up renewed sure. and refreshed and working on those, and it points you in the right direction every day about the most important things because, as you know, we get inundated with emails and social and problems that are going on, and you forget that, oh, I've got to work on this big project or whatever the you case You
1: absolutely is. do. You absolutely do. And it also helps you make judgments if something, a huge opportunity you think at the time is a huge opportunity comes in and you can review it against those things and say, okay, what's going to, what gives, right? You know, if, if, if I say yes to this, what, what gives away, um, boy, that makes decision-making a little easier. Yeah,
0: exactly. Cause then, I mean, you have to, I mean, we, we said this, I think last episode, I mean, strategy is about saying no. And so you have to say no to a lot of things so that you can emphatically say yes to a few things during the year. So that's where That's what I'm focused on. And the problem is I got a lot of yeses here and I've got to get rid of some of these because there's too many. Too many. Yeah, too many that's, going on. So but don't you I'm, worry, I'm, Robert. This old marketing is staying on the list for 20 oh, yeah. I know you were concerned. Oh my goodness. that I was going to get rid of, you know, I was going to say no. No, I
1: I wasn't concerned about you. I mean, if if you quit, I'll just keep doing it.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for that. <laughs>
1: because i'm easily replaceable yeah i mean aren't we aren't we all well, that's
0: true i aren't, mean aren't, aren't we and all? everyone knows this. i'll just
1: get it i'll just get a chat gpt version of that Joe actually Polizzi wouldn't and, be bad and, but
0: everyone knows out yeah. of this you know generally we have a 60 minutes is our podcast length and i have about 20 minutes of that and you have about 40 minutes of that so everyone knows that i'm easily replaceable because i talk very i don't
1: talk as much as you just a the thing there but there we have it.
0: There we have it. <laughs> but you should—you're should, the elder statesman. You should get more more time, because that's
1: true. That's, that's also true. Yeah. Yes. So that's why I, I defer to you. Speaking of which, should we get to a show? Why not? Because sure. we do, Let's do that. We have a wonderful show sure. here, uh, including uh, you're gonna. you It'll be fun. Um, we 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 do promise you when we get to that segment of the show. We, we made good on a promise. Um, anyway, so we'll get to that. Um, <clears throat> we do have a wonderful show. We'll talk a little bit, just very briefly, about Trump uh, and his shady NFT project that seems to be gathering some attention right about now. Um, we will have our musky scent segment and talk a little bit about some of the news from Twitter and what Elon has been doing. Cause there was quite a busy week again uh, for that whole situation. We'll talk some about Spotify and how they may rebrand. We've talked about anchor and the content creator uh, ideas on Spotify before, and looks like now they may rebrand it to a creator studio. Uh, Restoration Hardware, uh, a brand we often uh, don't get to talk about uh, the a- acquisitions uh, in this space. And this is a really interesting one. Restoration Hardware starting a media company. That'll be really interesting to chat about. And if we get time, we'll talk a little bit about Google and Meta and their ad dominance and how it might actually be sunsetting into something else that may not actually be about. The wonderful TikTok. Uh, we'll get to rants and raves, of course, and I'm going to have a little Christmas poem for everybody to send everybody into the Christmas holiday with, uh, and also a very quick commentary on uh, artificial intelligence. And then Joe is going to talk about Matt Pat, who has big news he wants to share. And I'm sure I've watched the video, and uh, I think Joe has some some also some lessons for us in that as well. I would I would guess
0: maybe. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see how much time you let me talk.
1: There it is. (laughs) I'm just going to keep going. go ahead. uh, Absolutely. Let's do this. (laughs) All right. Yeah, let's do this. Let's start with uh, Trump and uh, and the NFT project that he has launched. This is coming courtesy of CoinDesk, although a number of outlets are actually reporting on it. The news is that crypto Twitter delves into strange, sloppy side of Trump's NFT collection. Online sleuths have analyzed blockchain data and assets in the former president's NFT collection, finding evidence of stolen art, shady wallet addresses, painting a picture of how digital collectibles came to be. The article opens up by saying, seems like a scam. Uh, and in many ways it is, said James Austin uh, Johnson. Wow, what a name. James Austin Johnson. That sounds like a, anyway, I'm going to go fullback. Who played the 45th like president of the show's cold. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, While the mainstream media has eagerly picked up the story uh, for its comedic value, the popularity of the Trump digital trading cards has continued to climb since the collection dropped on Thursday, uh, selling out within 24 hours. According to data from OpenSea, which apparently is still a thing, uh, that's my commentary, not the article's, uh, the collection's trading volume is 6,658 ETH, or about $7.8 million at the time of publishing. Its floor price, which started at $99, has been hovering around 0.3 ETH, or 350 bucks. The collection features 45,000 tokens in the style of baseball cards. In each collectible, Trump wears a different costume linked to rarity elements that allow users to enter as sweepstakes to win prizes like a Zoom call with the former president or a cocktail hour at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, the article goes on to really talk through some of the shadier and sort of weirder uh, aspects of it. Um, but what do you, I mean, you're Mr. NFT. What, what do you think about this? Is this just him getting in on a trend or is this a money grab or a little bit of both? Or what do you think?
0: I don't know the intentions at first. Yeah, it looks it looks like a little bit of a money grab. But I do want to say that some some of the setup of this is not horrible because it's about access. So a lot of the rarer nfts that that trump launched with these things get access to trump you know you get to have lunch with them or you get a zoom call with them or or whatever those are great like promised access yeah so it's all about access so i think you know we talked about a couple episodes ago i mean nfts as a technology is not dead at all actually a lot of them are still growing there's some of these communities are are thriving but again less about collectability going forward and and more about um access and utility and what can these things do now let's look at this in particular and pick this apart this was kind of um, thrown together if you will and if you want to go through the article it really talks about the fact that uh, that some of the uh, imagery was was not uh, reported properly I guess there, there's there's copyright issues going on here with there's there's shutterstock backgrounds there's Adobe <laughs> Adobe licensing that hasn't been' taken care of in many cases. So I don't know who did this necessarily. I don't, you know, whatever. I mean, it, the the article talks about Sylvester Stallone's NFT company was used to do this. I don't know if that says anything, but this was kind of thrown together. So if you want to learn about how not to launch a program when it comes to licensing, this is probably a good way to do it. Um, it's also interesting that 72% of the people that ended up minting a trump digital collectible here were first timers so a lot of people are making the point that uh these these trump nfts which have increased in value i think from 99 dollars to like around 300 or 400 and some of them are going for many thousands of dollars uh they don't know how to sell them they don't (laughs) they they don't have they don't have crypto wallets that have any money in it that they even can sell it and cover the fees (laughs) So it's just interesting. That's why somebody was making a joke in the article that says the reason why that the prices are going up so high because nobody knows how to sell them. So they're just kind of holding. But I, I guess I want to throw out a little bit of kudos as, as yeah, some of the setup was really good. But you know there are some things to learn here, and I really do believe regardless of, you know, what you want to believe about this whole set. 23 is going to be a big year for NFTs and brands. And I think because you've got Starbucks behind their Odyssey Rewards program, and that's really starting to take off and get some positive reviews, Nike is going all in. I think if we get beyond the collectability, and we're talking about thing, people can use these things to do something, to get things to go places, I think there's a really bright future in 23 for NFTs.
1: <coughs> yeah. Well, and and by the way, we next week will be our predictions show where we'll where we'll uh, review what we talked about last year uh, for predictions around twenty twenty two and and predictions for twenty twenty three. I agree. I, I it, the funny thing to me is, I mean, this the article goes on, and there have been many many people who have <laughs> talked about the imagery and the copyright thing with. Adobe watermarks yep. still being on the pictures, Shutterstock watermarks still being on the pictures. The fascinating thing to me is, in a weird sort of twisted, warped way, that makes them more collectible. Because <laughs> it, that, if I held one of these NFTs that has the Adobe watermark on it, the, the natural inclination is going to be for them to go in and fix that, right? They're going to go in and fix the image, replace the image that you bought with one that doesn't have a watermark on it somebody's going somebody's going to go hey that that's a legal problem we need to fix that but if i was an nft holder i'd actually be a little upset at that because i'm buying it because of the i don't know if you want to call it maverick version i don't know it might be a might be a stretch there It's just it's well it's I mean the whole thing is ridiculous in my mind but the the it, it is it is a fascinating time and and by the way you know we will and we'll talk about this next show when we do our predictions I don't disagree that NFTs will be a thing but I don't think they're going to be a big thing next year um, I think this is. This is something that will fade. When I'm, when, when I'm talking about his Trump thing here, I think this is something – I agree with you 100%. The reason that we're not seeing any trading happen here is because nobody knows how to – the people who are buying this don't know how. They bought it, and it's like buying a plate You know, from QVC. They have the Trump plate now, and, and now they don't know what to do with it. Or maybe right? they just want to so, keep it, which is fine. <clears throat> Which is I mean it is Well, I guess there's that. Yeah, I guess there's I guess there's that. So it's it's
0: if you believe it, you know, yeah. If you look uh, at it like you're buying a trading card, like this was the top's trading card, it's fine. It's fine. Hey, I get one of forty five thousand. Wonderful. And it might be some might be rare, some <coughs> might be not. Might not be rare.
1: Well, I want that that might actually be an interesting data point that we'll discover maybe January, February, March is that the majority of people who bought these were actually professional nft collectors who have some bet that the rarity of these things because of the silliness of it will actually increase in value right well that was only that was a
0: very small percentage though
1: 72
0: oh it was if you look at the bottom here 72 percent they said a buyers were likely purchasing their this nft for the first time because they have oh i did not yeah, see because that because okay, in great. their digital okay, wallet they yeah. scanned it and they have no funds at all even to cover fees so that's why they're gotcha. saying a lot of these are so there's a whole new crowd of nft collectors that came in here because they'd never done this before because they're just yeah oh, donald trump great i want this collectible how do i do it well that's how good news for open sea i suppose yeah, yeah. exactly so, for that standpoint, it's bringing some new people in, but I don't know long term what this means. So, whatever.
1: there you go. But, all right. Yeah. Well, now, folks, it is time. That's right. It is time for our musky scent segment. Oh, that musky. Oh, that musky scent. All right, what did you think? What did you think of the music there? My I friend? especially like the voice, <laughs> the
0: the, the AI great? automated it's, voice of
1: it's, Mr. It's, Robin well, Rhodes. the AI, yeah, there you go, the fully auto tuned. Uh, I just I couldn't find a singer in time. So, if any of you out there, I would like to say, if any of you fans out there would like to volunteer if you're a singer by the way if you're not any better than me then don't volunteer but if you would like to volunteer your voice i would be happy to send you the little clip so that you can time it the way it's supposed to be timed as you can hear um and if you want to sing it i we i would be glad to do it! I, I can't I, believe I you wanna... just
0: opened that up to everyone.
1: Yeah, no, no, no! I'm totally opening it up. I, I, I want to hear. I want to hear all the... This American Idol. We're going to American Idol this thing. It's going to be. I'm going to send in. I'm
0: going to send in uh, an impression of me doing Elmo to
1: Muskie <laughs> Center Twitter and see if
0: that wins.
1: Well, see, that's what we could do. We could feature if there's a lot. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot, by the way. But if there was a lot, we could do a different one each week. We could do. We could do Elmo doing musky scent theme song. We could do I so much. There's so much room. Do you here.
0: know the? You know the the the. Phrase. I may be the only one who
1: enjoys this joke, but I I, I really. Well, you
0: really you do know that the that. phrase uh, jumping the shark. Uh, this could be yeah. the episode.
1: <laughs> this could be, yes, this could be the one. Uh, well,
0: the one of the 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 last twenty that we thought we did. <laughs> You never know. That's right. Okay. That's Good. right. Well, thank you for putting anyway, that together.
1: We, yeah, that was Of course, it was absolutely a joy do we, to do. do we it. we have um, musky news to discuss. We, there is so much. Oh there's gosh, so yes. much that has happened that has opened and closed literally in the last week here. He banned Elon Musk is by the way who we're talking about. He banned journalists uh from CNN and and, and other uh, uh outlets before then basically bringing them back. He said he was going to abide by a poll that would replace him as CEO. And then, of course, he said, no, I'm not going to do that until I find a replacement. He said the new check marks for brands, these gold check marks were absolutely clear for brands. Uh, until of course they weren't, and we can talk a little bit about that. And of course he said that the Twitter files said the FBI was paying for misinformation, and of course they were not, and they aren't. Uh, and so it, there's so much here to cover, uh, and we're going to link to all of this obviously in the in the show notes. Um, I have a take on a couple of these things, but uh, wanted to get your take. Well, first. The,
0: the first take is with we we talked about it. I think last Muskie sent episode where this is like yeah. a, a alpha or a beta software test run to 200 million people at one time we're just making all kinds of changes we're going to ban this we're going to add this check mark we're going to do i mean come it's just i guess there's some positive nature to it but i i don't understand what what the heck's going on it looks like from the social media competition banning where you saw instagram and mastodon being Uh, being blocked, if you will, it's just going to increase the scrutiny of regulators as to Twitter in general. So I don't necessarily think that that's a good thing. And then my take on the resignation, (laughs) this is, this has nothing to do with his pet project of Twitter this has to everything to do with the most valuable company that Elon is attached to and Tesla which last episode we talked about Tesla stock being down 30 percent well it's down another 10 plus percent it's hovering like 130 dollars yeah. a share right now and yep. if 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 Elon doesn't do something to get focused back onto Tesla because everyone's losing faith and there's a lot of um, a lot of people out there that that are associating Elon now with Twitter and negativity toward Tesla. This is an ongoing problem. You got to fix that immediately. So, if that means getting a new CEO, then by all means do that. Uh, but this this is a big problem because if if that stock continues to go down, Elon's w- w- value, you know, he's not going to be the second richest person anymore. He's not going to be the tenth richest person anymore because his entire wealth is tied to Tesla stock.
1: That's right. So it's going to be That's right. a
0: problem, and this is a distraction. That elon should get out of immediately in my opinion so yeah
1: yeah well it's 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 an amazing thing i mean the the blocking of the journalists was it's fascinating by the way just a completely random data point i have gotten more connections now on mastodon in the last five days uh than in the last five weeks um and from people you think that's from people leaving twitter I don't know I don't know whether it's it, it, it's just an it, it, I don't know whether it was a exodus from twitter or a rise in the popularity of Mastodon but it has yeah, and people we know right people that we that you are friends and family and we've known for years these are people that are you know that are that are now connecting with me on Mastodon and I, I'm chalking it up a bit to both. Um, but, it, I mean, that may be an overreaction on my part. But it, it, it I think there's a real th- – it's starting to really happen, I think. Because I look at the, what's going on. The, the thing that really interested me the most was the, what the check marks and the brand things are doing. Because now you've got brands – and this was an article when we linked to it. It'll be from Ad Age, actually – um, where there's all kinds of confusion about what the check marks mean because some brands are getting gold check marks and their avatars are turning into squares uh, and there's some very humorous things that are going on around that but some of them are still blue uh, because I guess they paid for blue or they were blue before they actually got uh, the whole other thing got launched but um, I find it fascinating that there's a new. I I bought in. I bought a blue checkmark uh, from the very earliest when they ra- launched it for eight dollars or whatever. I haven't gotten any notice um, that uh, that I need to up my ante. Do you, wait, to, you have a blue checkmark right now? I do. Okay. Uh, I, I think I do. I think I. I mean, I haven't checked this morning. But the the other thing is is that I have when he they were going around banning the journalists, they were also banning anybody. The policy was they were going to ban anybody who had a link to Mastodon or another social profile in their bio. Uh, And that was a fascinating thing because I of course do that. Now I have a link uh, on my bio to my Mastodon, uh, my profile and I didn't get banned, but a lot, but I, I saw a lot of tweets from people who actually did get temporary bans. And then of course it went away. Um, it's, it's a, I, it's a mess and, and I just don't understand the pro- productivity of that. The, the, I, I get that he stays in the news and I get that it's, he's the thing that I guess bothers me the most is there's been a couple of posts and we didn't, maybe I'll try and find some for the show notes, but, but there's been a few posts from the Silicon Valley, I guess bro culture for more than anything else some of the vc firms and some of the other kinds of firms that are out there that are clapping that are that are applauding the, and they're saying this is what silicon valley needed was somebody to come in and cut nine you know cut the bloat of staff in technology companies cut the bloat in spending and see that really that we've been operating under this umbrella of ridiculousness for too long and and uh, Elon Musk is the just the guy to, to bring out the whole thing of how companies should be run and man do I not agree with any word of that sentence and so it's so disheartening for me to see what's going on there and you know it's entertaining for sure but at the same time it's just you look at it and go, I just I just feel for those people who have to go through this. Uh, it's just it's just silly. It's just silly, silly, silly. It, yeah, and me, I think and of and, course and, yeah,
0: this whole section of the show is is silly. And we've got a silly song. Yeah, of so course. We're treating right. it that way. But I, I really think yes. you know, if you go back to your experience here with Mastodon, uh, Mastodon is not the Twitter replacement. I actually think no. Now that I've seen the past couple of weeks, it seems like the beneficiary of most of this is LinkedIn. I see a ton of people focusing.
1: Oh, yeah, more huge. time on LinkedIn, doubling down. Yeah,
0: yeah. Doubling so down. that's I guess that's the proof. That's the point here for content creators and marketers listening to this is that take take a hard look at LinkedIn. You, you know, owned by Microsoft, still rented land, but they are definitely investing in it. Um, I actually just launched. You know, I have my the random my personal newsletter that I send out an email to.
1: I saw and that I'm launching it on on and I'm act, well. I guess you'd call it why double. Why did you do that? I'm I'm curious. We haven't talked about this at sure. all since you since you made the decision to do it. And I'm curious why you made the decision to do so. That. Part of my I've been looking to say
0: okay if I focused all my time on one platform, what would it be? would it be and I it's I've been doing it on two platforms have been Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm going to basically put all my resources onto LinkedIn. I've I've got a fair number of followers that I've had on LinkedIn for a long time but I really haven't activated it. And I said, "Okay, well, is I, I got I have this email audience, is there a way to leverage LinkedIn to drive ultimately drive email?" So I'm going to c- create a little bit of a system where I give you know, it's both mostly the same newsletter, but there's going to be a little bit more probably in the email version if people want to sign up for it. And I uh, put that out there, what was it, three days ago, and I've already got 11,000 subscribers. So not a small number of
1: subscribers. No. So I'm no, like, no, okay, a, well, there's... That's a great conversion rate. There's something rate. I know, here. I know your followers, and that's a great conversion now, rate.
0: Now, do I know... Um, do I know if people are going to read it all? I mean, I get a couple LinkedIn newsletters. Some I read, some I don't. So we'll see. And I don't even know what data I can get. But I do know that there is something here. And my audience, for the most part, is on LinkedIn and hanging out there. If you look at founders, yeah. entrepreneurs, even content marketers. Um, so I'm I'm going all in on LinkedIn in 2023. And I'm using it as a proof point. I've got a couple of numbers that I'm looking at. And uh and so we'll see. But I'm very excited about the possibilities just from putting it out there and say, hey, I got a newsletter and you get that many signups. I'm like, okay, there's something here. So we'll see.
1: I like it. I I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah, I I I I of course said yes when I got the invite. Um, and it's one of the few that I've actually said yes to. I mean, I get them daily. I get two or three a day. Uh and that's one of the reasons I haven't done it yet, is because I was like, wow, it's really it seems like everybody is doing this, um, but of course, when you sent it, I'm I'm, I'm immediately in. But the, but it's interesting. I, I subscribe to a couple, but they're from people that I already get their email newsletter from. So I'm not sure what that says about me per se. But it's interesting. I think it's a, I, I think this is going to be a really interesting experiment. Um, yeah, I'll I'll you
0: let can. you know. So I'm committing to basically every day posting something on LinkedIn am from yeah. that standpoint. And I've got a list of five to 10 people that I'm commenting on now on a regular basis. I'm doing the whole thing just on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I'm taking the time that
1: I spent. Well, I've been doing that for a little while and that's that Yeah, committing to a, a LinkedIn and uh, some quality posting and quality commenting. I've been doing that for a little while and, really enjoying it Re- really really and
0: really it. Yeah, And by the way uh if there is something such as you know social media is still alive and not dead i'm having some really good conversations with people and yeah. a lot of this a lot of these conversations lead to business in some way this yeah. is it's really something to to see this happen that there that that this is still a possibility and i hope that microsoft doesn't screw it up and they just keep it the way they <laughs> the have way it so it far
1: they haven't so far. Yeah. They've done a, a remarkable job of not screwing anything up. As a by the way, to, they have a really good day. track record. When they bought Minecraft, the first
0: thing I, I think I predicted it on the show. I said, "Oh, get ready, they're going to screw the whole thing up because big companies usually do when they come in and buy a brand like that." But they haven't. They have not yeah. screwed up that brand in any way, and that community is as large as it's ever been. So,
1: yep, we'll absolutely, see. okay. Absolutely. All right. Moving on uh, out of this segment, uh, and uh, hopefully you all enjoyed that. Let us know, of course. Um, by the way, been getting some voicemails through the website from you folks, and man, is that fun! It's just really fun. Yeah, thank fun you. To get we those. love we love hearing your thank, voice. Uh, it was really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, this old wonderful. yeah, this
0: marketing site. By the way, just so people yep. know. Uh,
1: there you go. There go. Uh, All right. Talking a little bit about Spotify here, and this article come to us courtesy of TechCrunch. Spotify is now considering rebranding Anchor to the Spotify Creator Studio. The article opens up by saying, according to a survey sent to creators in the Spotify for Podcasters program, to, can't you imagine now that everybody, all these brands that are issuing polls out to their users are just like, oh my God, Elon is ruining it for everybody. <laughs> um, anyway, according to a survey sent to creators in the Spotify for Podcasters program, The streaming giant might be doing away with the Anchor brand. Anchor, which Spotify acquired for $340 million in a deal that included the studio Gimlet, is a free podcasting hosting service. In 2020, Anchor said that its service was used to create 1 million new podcasts, accounting for 80% of new shows uploaded to Spotify that year. But now that Anchor has been a part of Spotify for almost three years, the company appears to be considered a, uh, considering a rebrand, In the survey sent to some podcasters who have claimed their show on Spotify for podcasters, uh, the research team shared information about the possible rebrand, which is still being tested with potential users. Anchor and Spotify for podcasters are now Spotify Creator Studios, the all-in-one platform for creators of all kinds and sizes to express themselves and find success on Spotify, Uh, the sample announcement in the survey reads. uh, It then provides an example of that, a screenshot that was provided to TechCrunch, and basically comes back to saying, you know, right now you can join Spotify for podcasters. Uh, Even if you use another service uh, like Libsyn, which is of course what we use, uh, Podbean or Buzzsprout, those that have uh, or host via Anchor have access to features like subscription monetization, video podcast. But only listeners using Spotify are able to interact with that content, which is of course the big con right now. Um, What do you think about this? Is this? Does this? Is this uh, Spotify making a a sort of effort to get into the content creator idea, the content entrepreneur idea? And if so, do you think it'll be successful? I think this is a huge
0: strategy by Spotify going head-to-head against Apple and Amazon. So if you if yeah. you look at Apple being the leading RSS distributor of podcasts, let's say, uh, well, spot- Spotify's taking or going to take that spot over where po- Spotify will be the home for all audio content, podcasts and audiobooks. So on the uh, on the uh, audiobook side you have Amazon, Spotify is absolutely going after that as well. So you'll see Spotify Creator Studio, whatever you want to call it. It's just going to be Spotify ultimately. And this is a done deal. This is a thing is going to happen. Everything is going oh, to be course, Spotify. Oh, of course. This is done. People are going yeah. to to associate any type of audio content that I want to create, how do I go ahead and distribute that? And they want Spotify to be the name that people think about. So I think I think this is where it's headed. I mean, this is just a a proof point, another little detail. They're working it all out. They can, you know, create, help you create, distribute your podcasts, help you create, distribute your audiobooks, whatever audio content you have coming down the pike. They're going to be able to help you create it and distribute it.
1: So I don't understand why they wouldn't let you distribute it beyond Spotify. That to me is the weird. Thing to me, I mean, I get why they might not provide you analytics or, you know, have the ability to do certain things because they don't control that. It's ostensibly just an RSS feed, but why they wouldn't allow you to go wider distribution than just Spotify because anybody who's going to sign up for the Anchor or Spotify Content Creator Studio service. If they have any seriousness about this, they're also going to distri- they're also going to have a Libsyn account or something else to make sure that Apple and and other distribution platforms YouTube can get this. I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't build that. It's build yeah, it's
0: interesting in. if you look at what Amazon did with audiobooks. Uh, you know, we've done this you know with with Killing marketing. You can sign a deal to just do to just produce it via Amazon, and you get a better percentage rate. Than you would right. if you said, right. "Hey, I'm just going." And you so you can do both. You just don't get the benefits that you would normally. So I think Spotify, maybe they will ultimately do the same thing. It's like, okay, well, we'll send it out to these other spots and distribute it for you, but you don't get the X Y Z benefits that sure. you would normally get. I think that's well, the, totally I, fine. Yeah,
1: it benefits them because if they're going to monetize it, then if you want the monetized version, you'd have to go to Spotify, right? So. It makes all the sense in the world for me that they would want you to have the ability to distribute, especially if you're going to use their services to monetize your podcast subscription or whatever, that they would want to give you the capability to distribute it far and wide because it's just it's extra reach for them. right? Because if I'm encouraged to make a monetized podcast by subscription, but the only way that I can monetize it is through the Spotify platform, well, I want them to be talking about that and saying, Hey, listen, you know, I know you're listening to this on Apple podcast, but you should get it through Spotify so that you can get the, you know, two 99 a month. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe the walled garden approach in this case is, is good enough because they have such a large audience already. I don't know. Yeah. But obviously you can see the long term play here. Spotify is everything audio related. And there's so much, you know what I think you're ultimately going to be, I think they're going to get into hardware as well. So watch out for that. I do too.
1: I agree. I agree. I think they're, I think they're, they're a, I know this is a a rough metaphor, but I I think they're looking at this as kind of the Amazon web services of audio, right? They, if they, if they can build an infrastructure for others to become great audio uh, experts, distributors, et cetera, then it only benefits them by building an entire infrastructure to do that. Just like Amazon web services. Yep. Absolutely agree with that. All right. All right. One quickly, before we get into rants and raves, we'll talk a little bit about a content marketing uh, program here. It's been a while since we've actually gotten to talk about an acquisition and I'm, Super glad we can do so toward the end of the year here. This is coming from Restoration Hardware, uh, a store that I really like, by the way. Restoration Hardware is a cool store for those of you into furniture or any sort of things like that. Uh, they have launched a media platform. This coming from the Boston Business Journal. Uh, and uh, the article that well we'll link to in the show notes anyway starts off by saying the former Restoration Hardware... Uh, is expanding its presence in the luxury furnishings market with two acquisitions and the creation of an editorial content platform, part of a long term strategy to become the world's dominant high end lifestyle brand. The company, now known as RH, uh, has hired former editor in chief of Architectural Digest and L Decor, Margaret Russell, to decorate, or excuse me, to create uh, the editorial entity to be known as RH Media, which will focus on innovations and influential people in the architecture and design world. World. Russell most recently led her own company, Russell & Co., providing consulting and editorial services. She was previously editor-in-chief of Gallery Magazine, Quarterly Art and Interiors Publication, after leading Architectural Digest for six years and holding various editorial positions. Uh, RH also announced that it has acquired Dimitri & Company, the a to-the-trade custom upholstery studio, and hired its founders Donna and David Feldman to create RH Couture Upholstery and oh my gosh these names are killing me and j up uh, to the trade customer furniture maker and hired founder joseph j to create yeah, you could have done, done without that whole furniture so, you could have done without that holy smokes <laughs> yeah that yeah i just sorry folks it's for that much. basically rh has created a media entity what do you think joe <laughs>
0: as yes as uh, as we've talked about many times uh innovative brands out there all of them will have some type of media entity like this and restoration hardware uh, knows what they're doing so this is part of, of building that up they have been creating content for a while you know if you, if you check out what they've been doing for a long time they've been um, creating a lot of how-to and upscale information and uh, getting to this point where they could get to rh media which by the way that's generally how it happens you don't go from zero to then saying, oh, now we have a media company. Usually it's a, it's a long, arduous struggle to get to that point. You get the executives in your organization to say, yes, we should be doing right. something like this. This is the next stage in our innovative process. So, I, again, um, it's funny. These things are happening, and a lot of the stuff, it's, it's just hard for us to catch because it's not talked about. You're seeing these little media acquisitions happening, and we may not even ever hear about it. They just happen. Unless somebody is yeah. talking about it, and and we were lucky in this case that somebody caught it, and uh, and communicated it on Bizwoman
1: Magazine for Boston Business Journal, so we wouldn't yeah. have gotten
0: it. So there you go.
1: Yeah. Well, it's fa- it's fascinating because I think just to your point, the media acquisition is probably the smallest part of this story. The story goes on to talk about how RH is really launching. All kinds of businesses, including color business, and a, they're trying to get into the luxury home business. They are, they are truly following your model of the Disney multiple roads leading in, and that that whole business operational model of multiple lines of revenue and multiple businesses and becoming a lifestyle brand. Yeah, and part of that is. Acquiring these media operations to drive this, which I love because of what it shows is, is that content and media is really part of their overall business strategy. And so they're getting serious about content and marketing, or content marketing as, as some people call it, uh, as part of an overall business strategy that is transforming them from simple retail brand to lifestyle. Brand. It's such a great point. A, yeah. uh, you you yeah.
0: cannot overstate what you just said, because if you look at somebody like an RH getting into these areas that they haven't been in, the first thing you do yeah. is you buy the attention, you buy the audience. right? Exactly. That's what they're doing. And they've got the, they're buying the editorial talent associated with that. And they do that for a little bit and then they launch the product and it takes off right away because the audience is there. And they don't have to go put ads around something else. So it's
1: And you've demonstrated that value. You've already demonstrated that value that you can provide attention, thought leadership, experience. All of those things are there. Um, And now when you launch that luxury home brand, people go, oh, of course, RH. Yeah, they're a lifestyle brand. Of course they would launch a luxury home business. And, of course, they would launch a restaurant business. And, of course, they would do all those things. They're a luxury brand. It's, yeah. Love it. It's fantastic. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our Rants and Raves part of the show. But before we do that, let's just quickly just note that, as we mentioned before, you can always get all the links to the show notes at our wonderful website at thisoldmarketing.site, where you can, of course, leave us a voicemail. Let us know if you want to become part of the uh, segment of That Musky Scent and you're a singer and want to audition for that. We would love to hear about all of that um and uh also the twitter questions we are you know as we start to think about twitter of course we are still monitoring twitter for the hashtag this old marketing uh been a little light i think that's probably another data point in the usage of our fans of twitter but uh we'd love those show ideas we definitely thrive on those show ideas so do give it. that yeah, but you,
0: know, you a want know just a quick to... point on that robert yeah we're, yeah, we're yeah, getting more yeah, sure. to the website we're getting more inquiries on the website directly, so just go to this marketing that. site. I love it. Is that. easier than us finding, you know, figuring
1: out what Twitter's doing. So there you go. Yeah, I totally yeah. love that. That's 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 fantastic. Um, do you want to go first? Yes, I, I have our. I would be happy. Yeah, let's finish first, with your because then I'll before. close with our yes. Christmas poem. So yeah. uh,
0: I, I was so excited. I got to tell you a little bit of backstory here. So my oldest comes downstairs, very excited and says, Dad, Matthew Patrick just sold his business and um, for those of you that don't know Matthew Patrick, I've been following Matt's career ever since we went out and tried to get him as a speaker for Content Marketing World in 2012. So this is 10 years ago and at that time he launched a little YouTube channel uh, called um, Game Theory and it's basically regular uh, conspiracies about what's going on in the gaming community and he did a really good job, built up a million plus subscribers on YouTube, and it was one of the leading YouTubers at the time. And luck, we were lucky to get him to come to Content Marketing World 2013. He did a YouTube workshop and did a, a wonderful breakout as well. And we've kept sort of kept in touch ever since. He was one of our key case studies in Content Inc., uh, which was the new version of Content Inc. I, I put out in 2021. And so my oldest comes down, says – Matt sold the business. I watched the video. I know you watched the video too, Robert. It's about a 17, 20-minute video. So, and so by charming. the way, if so you were charming. a content creator, content marketer, it's worth watching the video because he goes through oh. the history of what's going on in YouTube, what happened, the different, you know, different areas of, of change over YouTube, but then talks about... How you know, and as you and I have talked about it, Robert, this idea of content acquisitions is going to be huge in 2023, especially with YouTubers. And so, what um, there's a company called Lunar X, which bought Matthew Patrick's game or Theorist Inc. company. And Theorist Inc. is made up of game theory originally, then food theory and film theory. And all these channels have millions and millions of subscribers to them. I have no idea how much money this went for. It had to be 10 plus million easy, probably a lot bigger than that. But actually what Matthew goes through is says, I'm still going to stay involved, but I can focus more on creative and I don't have to focus on the business of running the media company, which is what Matthew didn't want to do. So I, I just want to send out a congratulations to Matthew. I'll just show it as a as a proof point that this is going to be bigger and bigger as we get into 23 and 24 And if you're going to see anything come out of whatever this is with a recession, you're going to see a ton of these deals and a ton of creators say, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to create content on a regular basis, but I don't want to deal with the hassle of overhead and getting money for some of these new initiatives. And there'll be wonderful companies out there ready to like a restoration hardware, (laughs) ready to go and buy these types of things. And some of them are going to work. Uh, and some of them are,
1: but I think that this is going to be the trend you're going to see in the next couple of years. <clears throat> Couldn't agree more. I I I love the video, and, and and by the way, there's a great. There are wonderful lessons to learn. I mean, he goes through the life cycle of his entire business and how much time he spends in meetings, and and yep. how how food theory took years to actually develop, and how they developed it, and and it's just a masterclass. For i don't know the video is probably what twenty minutes long yeah, twenty five yeah, minutes long exactly. something like that and it's 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 more than just an announcement it's and and second of all, he's just so damn charming i mean it's it's hard to not just love watching him and just you know well listening talk about to him a first if you want to yeah story. if
0: you want to just watch it to see how a video's done for youtube they they're the Ugh. best
1: they're the best yeah. the best absolutely. So. So much attention to detail and production. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. go on or rave about that. Um, all right. <clears throat> yes. So I have a little Christmas oh. poem, as I did last yes. year. Uh, I realized that I did this last year and and then thought I would do it again um, because, I don't know, it was fun. <laughs> I hope you all enjoy it. And it is, of course, uh, to the tune of, it is my, my I guess, my me stealing the, uh, the thunder of Twas the Night Before Christmas, uh, and it's a little bit of a holiday story for us as we go into break. And Twas the Night Before Break, Joe, Elon was high. Content marketers worried that they'd all be replaced by AI. Inflation persisted, economic signals unclear, and all hoped that more layoffs wouldn't soon appear. All content practitioners climbed into their beds while visions of first-party data danced in their heads. My wife turned on Yellowstone, the remote in her grip. I'm so glad she likes me a smidge bitter than Rip. As we settled down to watch, I set down my phone and we poured some wine. Why not? The fourth quarter was sown. Then on my device, there arose such an explosion. I thought it must be that TikTok was still open. The emails poured in so furious and fast, I couldn't keep up with the incoming blast. The subject line shouted so many distractions that every single one of them, a severe overreaction. Then what to my marketers' eyes should appear? All the news about Meta and Twitter and ChatGPT. Predictions of disruptions, recessions, and worst of all, those LinkedIn spam messages asking, can you just hop on a call? And then came a noise so lively and quick, I closed all my apps. It must be St. Nick. With a whistle and shout, he rolled up in a Chevrolet? He shrugged. Eh, I'm still long on Bitcoin. I had to hock the sleigh. Then faster than FTX went from billions to bust, St. Nick whipped open his iPhone 14 and began to adjust. Now brand, now marketing, now culture and tech. On ops, on strategy. Check, check, and check. He swiped and he swooped and he swoped dramatically, smashing update. Holiday magic emerged, making all the stress evaporate. He spoke not a word, but held a hand to his ear, listening as all those distractions disappeared. Then with a wink and a wave of farewell, he said, "'Remember, it's your story. Tell it well.' Now wait a minute, I cried, that line is mine, and he sighed and said, "'I'm sorry, I use generative AI. How about this one?' he said as he tried and turned to face me. "'I wish you the best in 2023.' Then he drove off in his red Chevy Bolt. All gone the anxiety, those work distractions evoked. The future was bright. New plans lay ahead, and everyone felt courage replace their vague dread. Then I heard him exclaim, exclaim as he yelled with a true cheer: "Happy holidays to all, and a happy new year!" Oh, that was there. You go, brilliant! Did you write
0: that all yourself?
1: <laughs> I did. I absolutely did. You did you post there was that? There's no AI involved else? in that at all. What's did you that? Post it somewhere else. It will be posted on CMI. Yeah, it will be posted as part of my weekly post on CMI. Oh, very nice. You should uh, post that on yeah, LinkedIn letter. too, if you can. Yeah, I, I will. Once it goes out, I will. I will do that. That'll happen tomorrow, uh, and in concert with the uh, with our lovely show. That is
0: that is great. Yeah. So you you uh, you missed your calling there. You have to produce a book of poems, <laughs> book of holiday a poems, book
1: of poems.
0: Yes, yeah, I especially like right. the uh, the going long on on Bitcoin, so I had to hawk it for the slave. Yeah, hawk the Yeah, <laughs> everybody and
1: driving a Chevrolet Bolt. Exactly.
0: You know? Good. Very very cool. And then everyone can look forward to more uh, originality next week because we're going to do our predictions. We're going to do, which do is our always a favorite, show which, will be which, is, totally which, is, which is usually Absolutely. our most po- it's it's usually our most popular of the year. Is it? Uh, yeah, it is. is it? it is uh, because people like to hear when we're wrong
1: and we're we're wrong a lot we're exactly. wrong a lot yes as as a, and in preparation for the show looking back on 2022 predictions yeah we were wrong a lot um uh all right well you, uh i hope you have a lovely wonderful christmas. yes we'll try
0: to we'll try to stay warm uh, at least you know you'll be warm uh so and, and we'll be very be warm, it's gonna be, be 80
1: degrees here on christmas yeah it's gonna be very it's gonna be summertime here it's gonna be fantastic That's
0: so great to hear
1: Absolutely. All right. For you and yours, have a lovely, wonderful Christmas uh, weekend. And we will, of course, see you next week. Uh, And remember, in the meantime, it's not AI. It's me actually saying it's your story. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing